0: Welcome to the first episode of a show called Journey Cakes, I'm Eric S. Queen. A little bit about the show, seeing how this is the first one, and I promise to be less loquacious with every other episode, but it's called Journey Cakes for a very, very special reason. See... What a journey cake is, it's a small cake that travelers and explorers used to carry in their pockets or their kerchiefs or their rucksacks on a long voyage. Cakes for the journey, basically, and thus the name of our show, Journey Cakes. It's a snack-sized podcast for the traveler, if you will, be them young, old, currently on an adventure or dreaming of one. The show is brought to you by two people who live on the road, the first and admittedly brains behind this entire show and operation, Sunny, who uh, recently moved out of her house and onto her, onto? Into her vintage Airstream. Onto her. Told you she was the brains behind this, and she'd probably be hosting instead of me. Anyway, she moved on. She lives on her vintage Airstream, <laughs> having started a dreamy road trip that we're, uh, sorry, a uh, dreamy little road trip that we're all quite jealous of, and uh, we'll link to that. And uh, myself living on my... 31-foot sailboat, clumsily attempting a solo circumnavigation. I should say clumsily and idealistically, but um, it took me nine months to get from North Carolina to the Bahamas. If you were to walk that trip, I think it would take you six weeks, so who's to say how that will end out? But back to Journey Cakes, uh, it's simply an idea we had of, of what would happen if, if the travel guide was thrown away and you begin to kind of peel back all of that, that, that commercial veneer uh, that you run into and really get into the, the true grit of a country or a city or a village or a town or a place or a cafe or a bar. Just stories that they talk about over dinner and stories that we'd most likely never be privy to. You know, it's it's the inside jokes of a place, but, but not the jokes per se. Hopefully it all makes sense. Uh, first time podcast, first time is always messy, so forgive us. Um, but yeah, welcome to the first show of Journey Cakes. The flagship episode taking us to the Bahamas, which is where I am currently, in search of Johnny Bread. Might be a little bit confusing, but Johnny Cake, or sorry, I'm confusing myself already. Journey Cakes, if the host is confused, you know this is the first time. Journey Cakes is the name of our show. Episode one is about Johnny Bread, so show us Journey Cakes, show, oh my god, show us Journey Cakes Episode one is about Johnny Bread. Dear God, somebody play the music and let's just. <laughs> oh, wow. The Bahamas, it's I, before I, I should say, oh, the Bahamas, right? Should have that kind of, anyway, it's better in the Bahamas, as they like to say on the t-shirt and few can argue. You're talking about 700 gorgeous islands all with those white sands and teal water we expect from paradise. But, um, you know, the, the the magic goes beyond that into what can arguably de- be described as, a basic offering of food, and that almost sounds insulting, and I, I don't mean it to, but it really is. Anybody that's been to the Bahamas can tell you that, that you're only looking about three or four staples: um, conch in every single variety you can imagine, uh, fried fish, um, a delicious take on, on macaroni and cheese, and uh, let's see what was the fourth one. Oh, more conch. Um, it's not bad, but it is repetitive, uh, which is why when I arrived to Nassau. I immediately booked a day with True Bahamian Food Tours. Um, this is just an absolutely enjoyable afternoon spent just kind of walking around the city and taking in the sights and the architecture and the history, and of course the snacks of the island. But um, as we finished the tour and we sat around having a cocktail at a family-run joint called Bahamian Cooking, no, gee, Bahamian Cookin'. I uh, I noticed this older man in the corner. It was just it was just the most picturesque. You know, he had on a hat and he was dunking this little snack into a cup of tea. And, and you know, that act alone tells you a lot about the country's, you know, British influence. Um, but it was just the way he was doing it and the light was hitting him. And I don't even know if he had a newspaper, but I'm going to say he had a newspaper. It's just one of those. It was a postcard, you know, and and I just had to lean over to one of the tour guides and just ask, what was this delicious little snack that he was, that he was, you know, so enamored with and and eating and sucking on and dunking and and enjoying. As it turns out, it was called Johnny Cakes, and it's the underlying staple of the island. And it's, it's one of those, you know, basic ingredients, flour, milk, butter, sugar, baking powder, that's it, five ingredients. uh, Traditionally cooked over a fire in a large pan and, you know, lightly browned and, You pair it with some some butter or jam Um, to compare it to just think of a cross between like a dense bread and a slightly sweet cake. Um, That's Johnny Cakes for you. But of course, being the quintessential American tourist, I couldn't even call it by its right name.
1: Johnny Cake is the pronunciation. In the U.S. they say Johnny Cakes, meaning the individual. But a Johnny Cake is actually a large uh, pan of bread and then you cut it up to actually serve individual johnny cakes it's the accompaniment with everything from boiled fish to stew fish soups anything that's uh has juice or water in it they use johnny cake
0: and so my my previous plan of the well-worn tourist snack trail trying all variations of conch became kind of the constant search for this johnny cake Um, but i would get schooled again and thinking that all cakes were made the same and they're not, despite the fact that it's a variation of five ingredients. Uh, another thing I would not assume is that this tiny little snack would would divide families and friends, that, that it would have me sailing all over the Bahamas in search of them, this delicious little vortex. Um, it's a snack that would have Sonny contacting the local Shawnee tribe in Oklahoma for a response, a snack that would tie in slavery, uh, accusations of a racist island, Local gossip, even a possible cover-up to its origin. We're talking about a cake here. We're talking about bread. And the responses that I would get when, when I'm just trying to find this cake would be as unpredictable as, as say, the country's electricity. Um, and before you laugh at that or after you're done laughing at that, you know I'd like to point out that, that not too long ago I was flying from Nassau to uh, L.A. and they asked that everybody check in three hours in advance. And when asked why, they, they said, and I quote, well, you know, the power goes out all the time, and we might have to recheck everyone in. And that's how it goes in the Bahamas. But on with the cakes, perhaps the country's biggest staple, I was to find out, as told to me by two guys I met in Freeport. It is a staple. Yeah, it's a
1: staple in the Bahamas. In the diet, when you're eating um, breakfast meals, stew fish or boiled fish, um, stew gong, boil well, yeah. people don't usually boil gong, but. Yeah, man, conk sauce. Yeah, conk sauce. sauce. Yeah, sauces and and stews that's what they join the gate grid
0: from there it would be a a counterclockwise sail if you can kind of imagine the map of the bahamas so around the northwestern part of grand bahama crossing all the way over to the top so about 12 o'clock the northern part and then down to the east to the gorgeous abacos Uh, green turtle key is where i would sail into and throw the hook down or the anchor for you landlubbers and uh, rowed ashore. And immediately I would see a poster for a charity breakfast happening that next morning, uh, a menu that promised to include the traditional breakfast of sauce, not sauce, but sauce. Um, basically it's fish or chicken or beef stew, a lot of lime, a lot of cracked black pepper. Uh, they swear that it's the, it's the hangover cure of the country as well. They would be serving Johnny cake. So I had to attend only to immediately find out that that it was going to be hard for me to even understand the entire process. Again, I remind you we're talking about five ingredients, but the entire process because no no two cakes were the same. uh, As told to me by a very very funny group of ladies holding the event.
2: Me personally, I don't go out with the eat jolly bread unless I know who make (laughs) it. Everybody, everybody don't do I it. Well, everybody don't, don't not do it.
0: Right. No. Even local Bahamians.
2: Yes. Even local Bahamians. Bahamian. Uh, what happens is if, like you said, three different people do Johnny Bread, mm. they'll taste three so different, different, different ways. Everybody has their own ingredients, or however you want to say it, but if not one Johnny Bread will turn out the same. No.
0: I, uh, I would end up staying for a few weeks in Green Turtle Key. I should also point out the key is spelled C A Y for the first time, is there, but it's pronounced key. Uh, enjoying what I consider to be the, the prettiest beach in the country, uh, as well as this time capsule of a downtown. Um, so if you ever get to the Abacos, I would highly suggest visiting there. But I would go from here to, uh, I would make the sale to what many consider even to this day to be the most controversial island in the Bahamas. It's called Spanish Wells, and you don't usually hear the word controversial when it comes to island. I mean, it's the Bahamas. It's laid back. It's it's tropical, and it's fun, but it's controversial in that it's basically a white island. Think about that for a second. It's a white island in the Bahamas. Um, you know, over the past few years, it's, it's become a bit more mixed, but if you're ever in need for some fodder to say the least some wild stories accusations um gossip ask anybody who doesn't live on spanish wells about spanish wells and (laughs) prepare yourself for quite a few conspiracy theories you know it's 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 an island that was founded by the settlers so white uh coming in from bermuda who actually shipwrecked on the northern part of the neighboring island of eleuthera uh, called Devil's Backbone, you know, this dangerous stretch of exposed coral and shallow depths. And it's it's actually so dangerous that I had to um, I had to sell three days out of my way as not to cross this. It's just it's incredibly dangerous. And they shipwrecked, and they all kind of lived in this fascinating place called Preacher's Cave. That's a must-see if you're in the area, Preacher's Cave. And then they settled, and then later on, the Loyalist, who left the U.S. because they sided with the crown, also white— Arrived, So you've got the original settlers, then you've got the loyalists, both white, making this a very, very white settlement. And it stayed that way for a very, very long time. Now, how an island stayed white in the Bahamas for a very long time, you can make up your own mind to how that was... Um well, let's see how that was achieved, I suppose. But, um, you know, my questions about Johnny Cake uh, began to uncover something much clearer about its origin and, and it actually turned into something more disturbing. You know, and this, this tasty and dialogue-fueling snack based in these bright blue gorgeous islands, they started under a dark cloud.
2: Tell
1: him the slaves made that, that was the quick I'm, thing the slaves the made point. to eat. With their broth or whatever they have. So they what he's really quick, saying, yeah. and I'm glad he said that too, he's saying that the, come from the it's city. an ind- indigenous from Africa that was their way of making bread real quick when they came to the New World. You know, they had grounded flour. A cake bread, like it does come bread. out as a cake. A now it bread. is now. A sweet bread, yeah, a sweet bread. But you know, and it tastes good with with the with the um, soups and stew you can and make some oil stew. and it tastes good with those kind of stuff.
0: And did it get its, its, it's, it's, the origin of the name is a journey cake, is that right? And then it,
1: some folks are saying that now because it, you had to go on these long journeys from East End to West End, you would bake some cake, you would make a johnny cake and something to accompany it and you'll have something to eat. So there's some foundation in that, but I cannot say for sure whether or not that is true. Okay, But it may be. Why don't you do some more research?
0: on this
2: do No, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking. Because you made me think of that now. According to my history, um, basically, it came from slavery days, where basically, um, as, everyone, as black slaves, they would go on long journeys. And so, basically, this is what we would carry, or they would carry. Because like I said, because of the ingredients in it, it could last up to a week before it even spoils. And so, and because it was very filling also.
0: But all of a sudden I started realizing that, that I might have been unknowingly asking people to bring up a terrible time in their history. And, and I began to wonder if everybody had just been kind of kindly talking about the roots or actually kind of passing over its roots, you know, just for my benefit and, and just telling me the nice part. And I began to feel really, really bad about even asking.
2: I don't think Bahamans were ever the word I'm looking for the right word hung up on slavery I know I wasn't because I wasn't born in that era um, as a child growing up it wasn't something that was lectured into my head day in and day out um, it's not something that I think about every minute of the day as a matter of fact I really think of it at all but, um, so for me it isn't and I don't think for any other b- I, I think it's more you asking about food as opposed
0: to sleep. To which I could, you know, breathe a sigh of white relief and continue on with the uh, journey of the Johnny Cakes. Um, and and while no one can pinpoint where Journey Cake became Johnny Cake, uh, I would run into this theory. You know, when exiled plantation owners, kind of losing their way to the north, you know, fled the islands and would continue their own cotton plantations, those thick southern accents could be at the root of the homophone, which, which turned their pronunciation from Journey into simply Johnny.
2: For us it has always been the Journey Cake becomes Johnny Cake. But the name Johnny Cake it was just that was just bad Bahamian language. Journey is just too English to pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> it's too long.
0: <laughs> and while the you know Brits have never been ones to shy away from tradition, it it's uh, it's clear they were they were making the proper moves before we were in America. They abolished slavery and the old colonies in the Bahamas did the same and long before the U.S. Would, would declare emancipation, you know, a lot of those slave ships that were passing through these islands, they were captured and the onboard slaves were freed onto the islands and those freed slaves made up much of the Bahamian population, you know, and slowly that dark cloud that I mentioned lifted. But it's a story that, that, that's best told in the heart of downtown in in her oldest building, uh, should you ever be strolling down the, the picturesque Bay Street and there's that iconic slave auction house that just stands right there for everybody to see. And it's those, you know, those massive arched windows that, you know, you might be keen to take a photo of until you realize that they were once display cases where men, women, and, and kids were for sale. And that's obviously hard to swallow, you know, and you get closer and closer and taking this all in and you look through the windows and you'll see the photos of these slaves. But this time, it's a photo of the slave and their story and their journey to freedom and, and kind of a reminder to all of us of both the horrors that once took place on these avenues but the um but the progression of history but back to the confusion uh journey cake versus Johnny Cake, Um, and I could have easily shrugged this one off as that Southern pronunciation, bad pronunciation, call it what you want, but something kind of kept hitting these Oklahoma ears and this Oklahoma stomach of mine. You know, the Johnny Cake that I had been eating for weeks on end in the Bahamas tasted a lot like something I had grown up eating, and it's that famous corn cake that so many of us dunked into our milk as kids or served on the side with any Southern plate. It's a corn cake made famous by the Shawnee Indians, who used to call it Jonikin, J-A-N-I-K-E-N. Jonikin, a snack that would then be known to all as Shawnee cake. And I'm hoping you're kind of seeing the parallel right now. Did Journey cake become Johnny cake, or did Shawnee cake become Johnny cake? I sat down with noted Bahamian historian and just this wonderful, colorful folklorist Cordell Thompson to ask him this very question. I mean, were we looking at? A massive cover-up, either on the side of the Shawnee Indians or the local Bahamians, as to the origin of both the name and the recipe, or could this be like the most random parallel snack happening in the history of small bites? And and before we can even get into that, there's some cross-cultural history that that we all need to know when it comes to both sides.
3: After the Loyalists sell the Bahamas uh, around that was like 1786, around 1812, there was a large influx of. Seminoles, black Seminoles, who had fought against Andrew Jackson in the War of 1812. So, Britain owed them big deals. So, they migrated to Andrus. So, being of Indian descent, Shawnee, Cherokee relatives, and the other Choctaw and Shawnee, they would have had Indian ways. In fact, they brought their cultivation practices, sweet potato in particular, and corn with them to the
0: Bahamas. But as to the parallel of the same snack with the same name, Jonathan Shawnee Cake, Journey Cake, Johnny Cake? I, th- I think of-
3: we're looking at a parallel. I think we're looking at two, uh, the similar, a similar uh, 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 food style from uh, almost the same source or, 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 or a parallel source, an Indian, an American Indian source. Uh, well, again, like I said, the Seminole, we had Seminoles so here. That wasn't a made up story. We had Indians, we had <laughs> blacks who were 90% Seminoles, right? Okay, and who had Seminole names. That's still part of our, our, our culture
0: and history. Yeah.
3: I, I think it was just a transliteration. I think it's the same thing, same thing. Yeah, I think Johnny Bread, Johnny Cake is the same thing, right? But uh, I just grew up calling it Johnny Cake,
0: but I couldn't let this one die. So Sonny contacted the local Shawnee Indian tribe in Oklahoma for a comment comments. We prepared ourselves to be these these Edward Snowden's of the snack world, you know the the Don Kings of revered bites, and and these two were going to be the heavyweights, you know Shawnee versus Bahamian, and what did the Shawnee Indian tribe have to say when we got them on the phone and we we told them of this possible battle and cover up? They had um, absolutely no idea what we were talking about. We uh, contacted the tribal center. Who then referred us to the local historian? Who then, after a bit of back and forth about sacred food and ceremonies, etc., said he'd have to ask the elders, and then we never heard back from them. Deflating, sure, um, but while the true origins of this remain a mystery, you know, Johnny Cake has clearly traveled its own journey, you know, and, and from the Native Americans supposedly to the New England settlers, then to the southern plantations, to the slave routes, then to the Bahamas. And that's where it stayed. And while corn was plentiful in the States, it, it wasn't as accessible as it here as it was here. So, you know, corn bread became flour cake, became Johnny cake became the signature staple of, of Bahamian culture that it is today.
3: The real Johnny cake.: The real Johnny cake from my grandmother, who was partly Seminole, black Seminole Indians, from Andros. Uh, it's flour say two pounds of flour. Uh, salt and water, you put the water in the salt, put the salt in the water, you mix that. You get a piece of lard or today Crisco, and you, and you just uh, mix it slowly until you get the consistency you want. You don't want it too soft, you don't want it too hard. You would make that in what we call a Dutch oven. On of old skillets, a big, big round skillet. Uh, and you turn it over on two sides. You don't put any oil in the pan but it just bakes with a little bit of fat you put in the flour. Salt, no sugar, no yeast. The idea behind that type of, of uh, it's like uh, 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 the Jewish uh, unleavened bread, but the idea is that uh, the journey cake could last a, a week. But that
0: doesn't stop it from evolving.
2: Food has, food has changed so much in there in the, in the fact that there is so many added preservatives and all these other different things. I don't wanna say things were all natural back then, but it was way better than now, that's for sure. I mean, now we really don't know what we're eating, do we? <laughs> Unless we're actually processing we it ourselves. Um, so I think, I think it's a situation whereas um, things have changed so much. And I think, like I said, in another 10, 15, 20 years, it's probably gonna change again. They're probably going to find an even more faster way to make it. Um, because back then you may make, you maybe was making it for a hundred whereas you're making it for a hundred thousand it'll be five hundred thousand so basically you make it for the masses now right. you
0: know Back to my trip though and and back to the controversial island of white Spanish wells and and it was here that I have to admit to being like really incredibly biased I guess when it comes to my food um, and and it might even come across, racist and I promise you it's not but the fact remains that this is or was a white island and I'm sorry I do not want white folks making me comfort food which Johnny Cake definitely is um I don't want to call it racist let's call it uh, let's call it culturally particular to the prepare of my snacks how about that you know I don't want um I don't want an Asian chef making me a casserole I don't want an African chef presenting me tapas. And I don't want a white Bahamian, who you can call Conky Joes on the island. They may or may not get offended by that. But uh, I don't want a white Bahamian chef making me Johnny Cake. However, in the name of research, I I cast that aside for a second. And I began asking around the island of Spanish Wells as where to get the best slice. And the answer was anonymous. And we're talking about 10 to 12 people anonymous. Uh, Wake up ridiculously early stand outside the local grocery store called Food Fair, look for an older lady walking up with bags and bags of bread under her arms. That's Aunt Sheena, and she supposedly makes the best Johnny Cake anybody has ever had. (laughs) So the next morning I woke up, I rode ashore, I rented a golf cart and sped over to the grocery store, waited outside for, for 20, 25 minutes, no Aunt Sheena, looking left, looking right, I need a lady carrying bags of bread, just nothing, absolutely nothing. So I ran inside and, and began looking for the bread aisle and uh, immediately found it only because it was it was a really cool thing that they do here they're just shelves with ladies names on them and the ladies come in every morning and they put their bread there their store allows them to sell it which i thought was quite cool so i i looked and there's a name there and then finally i see sheena and above it these warm you could tell by the condensation still in the plastic bag these warm tiny pieces of bread but that's where it got confusing because they weren't the the dense slices i was used to they were individual pieces and they had pan marks on them so I grabbed a bag, I ran to the front of the store, and I asked where she was. Where's Aunt Sheena? Where's Aunt Sheena? I said to the girl at the counter, she had just left. She told me, I said, oh, I had just missed her, but I had, you know, I had, at least I had her creations in my hand. Okay, but what are these? I, I, I held out to her. She said, that's Johnny Cake. No, it's not Johnny Cake. I know what Johnny Cake looks like. That's not Johnny Cake. That's Johnny Bread, right? And I opened it up, and I showed it. I said, it was bread. She said, no, it's, it's, it's Johnny Cake. I said, it's not sweet. It's Johnny Bread. Finally, the older lady at the register next to me leaned over, said, yes, it's Johnny Bread. The kids don't know anything these days. But back to the bread or Johnny Cake, call it what you want. It was the greatest piece of Johnny Cake or Johnny Bread I have ever tried in my life. I inhaled three of them right there in the store, and White Aunt Chena had done it, despite my snack bias. And there it was in my hand. You know, I had had tasted the origin, you know, the original Johnny Cake or Johnny Bread, the quintessence of the snack that I'd been after. And all of the stories and mystery and dark past and cover-ups and weird parallel snack universes, all of it just kind of, it kind of came together right there in that bite. And I was absolutely hooked from a white chef in the Bahamas, of all people. I was absolutely hooked. Perhaps on the entire venture through the Bahamas, you know, or perhaps I was hooked on the recipe, but all I know is that that by stumbling upon what might be looked at as a boring piece of bread to the outsider was this little snack that took me throughout the country and taught me a lot about the history and the humor of these islands. And and most importantly, you know, it opened up so many doors. Um, Just this tall white dude ducking into every bakery he found asking for Johnny Cake. And I, I would even, I was asking for it so much, I could even get, not the accent down. I would never brag about doing the accent, but it's Johnny Cake. All right, you say it like that, Johnny Cake. And they could tell by my pronunciation that, that I had at least asked one other person. There lies the lesson, you know. If, if there is if there is one to be learned from this humble little show, it's the importance of snacks—not meal—but the importance of, of local snacks that will turn a mundane kind of cookie cutter trip into something just absolutely remarkable. So in the end, it, it comes down to two very very simple things: the snacks, but it's also the people involved.
2: People do it. yeah, yeah. yeah. The people. People. Yeah. people, people do it. it. Everybody yeah. do something different. Okay. Because I can give you my recipe. Mhm.
0: And I can do mine, you can do yours, but you also come not like mine. correct. I can guarantee that. <laughs> <laughs> and with that our flagship show comes to an end. Uh, a few little travel tips should you be considering a holiday in the Bahamas, aside from the obvious, which is eating all of the Johnny cake, Johnny bread. Uh, biggest thing of this is just the people. And I know every single person says this about every single place they go to, but the people are just fantastic in the Bahamas. It's just it's a mix of island mentality with that dry British humor, you know. Um, and I've done I've done a hundred of these podcasts. I've done a hundred radio shows. I've interviewed a hundred people, and I can honestly tell you that this was the most fun I've had. Simply walking up to somebody, turning on the I say microphone now. It's 2016. Turning on my iPhone and 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 just being able to talk and then being open. So if for no other reason aside from the beautiful beaches and Johnny Cake, you know, go for the go for the people. Um, what I mentioned about mac and cheese was the truth. I mean, they—that it is nothing like we do here in the States or abroad. Uh, they could—they just they turn it into an art. And I could have actually done a, an entire show about that alone. Uh, other travel tips, Nassau. Um, Nassau is not relaxing. And, and please do not go to Nassau for three days if you're looking for some R&R. But it is beyond interesting. Um, you know, from the Indiana Jones, like Queen Steps. It's called the 66 Steps. You know, it's like you're in the middle of this video game to the trippy underwater carvings of ocean Atlas uh, you've got Blackbeard's Tower pirateism I mean it's just 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 there's so much going on in such a tiny area and I know the majority of you will just gonna stay inside the grounds of Atlantis the big eyesore of a hotel I'm sorry but I would beg you to get out and explore um, as for the prettiest islands I would tell you Green Turtle Key if you had to pick one to spend a week on Green turtle Key is going to be the nicest and lastly it's expensive. And that's not something a lot of people expect to hear from a second world country, which it is. But you have to remember that everything, absolutely everything, is imported. So be sure and bring lots and lots of dollar bills. Um, And that's one nice thing is that American money and Bahamian dollar are the same thing. Easily interchangeable, accepted everywhere. So you might pay in American money and get Bahamian back. Very, very easy. But that's it from the Bahamas. Um, As soon as this show is recorded, I'm putting the boat up for a few months and heading to Europe, where we'll check in with you from there. Uh, Massive debt of gratitude to the entire country of the Bahamas just for allowing me into their homes and cafes and conversations. Uh, To Cookie and Grammy at Bahamian Cooking in Nassau. Uh, To Stephen Green and Lukaya, True Bahamian Food Tours for opening countless of doors. Uh, Could not have done this without you guys. To the great, inimitable Cordell Thompson. To my co-host, producer Sunny, uh, checking in with her on her Airstream very, very soon, and to our would-be sponsors, who hopefully someday will be giving us lots and lots of money for this. Um, This is the part of the show where I should direct you to the website, but um, I'm recording this a little bit before the website's done, so visit the website. It should be somewhere written on the description, I suppose. Not the strongest way of ending a show, but there you go. You've been listening to Journey Cakes. I'm Eric Queen.